Welcome to BSD Talk number 262. It's Friday, February 19, 2016. I just have an interview for you today, so here it is. Today on BSD Talk, we're speaking with Tex Andrews. Welcome to the show. Hi, thank you. So you are uh, one of the co-founders of a project that I was interested in called Light Zone. So... I guess if you could introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about this project. Uh, sure. Um, the Light Zone project is started off in 2011 as a lifeboat project um, for an orphan piece of software. And uh, it was software that came out uh, commercially in 2005 and six. Uh, under a company called Light Crafts. It was the invention of a guy named Fabio Riccardi, um, who had previously worked at CERN and sold some software to them, and then he moved to Silicon Valley, Palo Alto area, and then created LightZone because he didn't like uh, the other photo editors that were in existence at the time. And LightZone had some wonderful, unique qualities. We may talk about those, but in 2011, um, the Lightcraft's company went under kind of precipitately. And uh, so I was asked uh, by a whole bunch of people because I was at the time um, one of the last forums moderator for the Lightcraft's company um, on a voluntary basis. I was asked by a lot of the forum members, you know, what's going on? And when I found out, I said, unfortunately, um, it looks like Lightcrafts has gone under. And then Doug Pardee contacted me uh, through the infamous Digital Photography Photography Review website and said, hey, um, do you want to try to create a kind of lifeboat for the users? I said, I'm game. So Doug did the heavy lifting technically. Um, we got started uh, as a Drupal website, and we just offered some links that were still uh, out there um, in the interweb um, so that people could still download the, the uh, product. We created forums so that we could offer each other mutual support. And we attempted to contact Fabio Riccardi uh, to see if he was interested in taking the the, the software open source at the time he was not uh, but then um, some months later we were contacted out of the blue by Anton Kast who was one of the original developers uh, uh, with Fabio of LightZone he had found out about us after we had started our little lifeboat project and um, said this is fabulous uh, what can I do to help and we immediately said look if you have any contact with with Fabio still, please, you know, beg him to let this thing go open source because um, there's still a core group of people who just love this software and don't want to give it up. So um, he did that, and Fabio agreed under a BSD license um, that you know we could do this, 
Anton um, brought in a couple of other people, uh, notably a guy named Pavel Benak um, uh, from um, Czechoslovakia, I think. Um, and and um, they, we started recompiling the software. Um, these guys, it was all volunteer uh, group of people around the world uh, getting this done. Uh, and uh, we were able, uh, after about seven months, to finally offer it under our umbrella, the Light Zone Project, um, as uh, newly compiled software. And since that time, about 2013, we have been making minor upgrades. Um, and our lead developer now is a guy in uh, Japan named um, Masahiro Kitagawa. Uh, and so thanks to this team of international volunteers, we have a viable software that we're offering open source. So for people not familiar with LightZone, where does it fit in the, the space of photo editors and, and graphic manipulation applications? Well, in 2005, 2006, it was a very advanced um, photo editor. Um, now, my perspective on photo editors, uh, Photoshop, um, is really, to me, a graphic art, not strictly speaking, a photo- photography program. Most photographers, digital photographers, think of it that way, but I think of it as a graphic arts program. Um, and that's, I think, about uh, PaintShop Pro from Corel um, and some other editors uh, that are similar. Uh, different 2005-2006 and it it had several signal uh, features that set it apart from everybody else. It was the first, very first non-destructive editor out there. Totally non-destructive. That meant you you could edit from your RAWs and you didn't have to make a copy of your RAW because it never touched your RAW. It all the edits were kept in a sidecar. It was the first program to do that. And the, the uh, editing process was completely non-destructive from soup to nuts. Every aspect of it was non-destructive. So that was very, very important. It was also the first editor to be fully uh, 14-bit. Um, uh, again, from soup to nuts. The, uh, Corel has done it, and you know, uh, uh, Adobe did it um, also, but not it with every tool. Um, with with LightZone, it was with every tool as far back as 2005, 2006. So the first program to active editing. You sort of had it in Photoshop, but in a very kind of bass-ackwards way. With LightZone basically using vector graphics, you could very easily select a portion of your image uh, and uh, define a, a feathering uh, uh, area within that uh, selected area and select a tool um, to do an edit in that area only, not global edit over the whole image, just one spot in that image. First editor to do that. And then finally, the quirkiest part of it was that uh, uh, Fabio was very fond of the zone system, as I am. Um, Ansel Adams uh, uh, and, and Fred Archer's, uh, um, I, I think it was Fred Archer, uh, uh, zone system that they developed. Um, and uh, he had a tool in Light Zone 
that allowed you to select values of your image, black and white values of the image, and adjust um, tonality uh, using uh, zones um, instead of full uh, stop zones as in the uh, zone system, the original zone system, uh, Fabio's uh, was uh, with half stop uh, zones. Um, Nevertheless, it was uh, very interesting if you were interested in uh, black and white photography, and it works for color as well. So that was the kind of quirky thing that, that and special tool that set it apart. And then there were some others that came along. But those were the key things, the non-destructive editing, the selective editing, the 14-bit depth editing, and that it kind of used the zone system as a, as a takeoff point. Now, the zone system you know, is a unique feature. I guess the other traditional way to accomplish that task is with curves in a lot of other programs? Right. Curves are great. Uh, so I don't denigrate curves, but um, curves are um, something that a mathematician would love. While as zones are actual values that you see in a scale and it's very easy in light zone to relate the tool that has the 16 different grayscale values to a grayscale image that you can have in your toolbar um, of your overall image uh, and by using by using the uh, the uh, zone uh, finder tool with the zone mapper uh, image, um, you can s- selectively edit just individual uh, values in your image. So it was a very very interesting and powerful tool, especially if you were doing black and white. And in fact, there are lots of people who still use LightZone after having moved on to other programs, um, still come back to LightZone just for the black and white feature that that offers. And you did mention raw photos, and it at least feels to me that more and more people are shooting raw just because SD cards are getting bigger and bigger and st- right. everyone's got more storage space, so why not? Sure. Um you know, it, 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 I think in certain computing communities, such as the open source operating systems, where we don't have the option of something like Photoshop and some of the other products from Apple, having a raw photo editor is is a nice thing. And yes, absolutely. Uh, yep. Yeah, and and LightZone um, is you know, given that it's BSD licensed, has been ported to a variety of operating systems. Do you know off the top of your head which ones those are? Well, of course, Windows and Mac, and then a whole bunch of different flavors of Linux, which I can't keep track of. <laughs> uh, frankly, there's so many different iterations of Linux, uh, and I'm not a Linux guy. Um, but, you know, it's always been uh, Windows and Mac compatible and was Linux compatible as well uh, from early days. Now, the Linux story is a little bit interesting. Fabio wanted it to be windows and mac compatible and anton cast uh said hey can't we make it um uh uh, linux compatible as well and fabio said sure but we can't offer them um support so it was originally free to 
Linux people, while as Mac and Windows users had to pay, you know, up to 175, I forget what how much it was, 175 U.S. dollars um, uh, to buy it back in the day. Um, but the Linux people got to use it for free, but with very, very limited support. Um, and it was a kind of side project for Anton Kast, developer at, at that time. Uh, now we offer full Linux support. It's, it's a key element for us. And, of course, Windows and, and Mac. It won back in 2006 or 7 a number of Mac user uh, uh, Mac World awards, like you know, four mice. I forget what their little award thing was. It wasn't a star. <clears throat> it was a very popular program for Mac back then. Interestingly, it's much more difficult for us now to keep up to date with Mac. Um, it's it's more difficult to upgrade and, and and keep things going with Mac, and also to have um, backwards compatibility with Mac. Mac is our hard, toughest nut now. Uh, Linux is, you know, the only problem with Linux is the different iterations, and Windows is much easier. And I do believe I saw a light zone in the FreeBSD ports, but I'm not sure how stable it is there. So it does seem to be bleeding out into some of the non-Linux open source operating systems. I would imagine so. I mean, it, it is up on uh, GitHub, and if you are tech-savvy, you can go through GitHub and go grab it and and you know, technically, uh, I mean, there's nothing stopping us from you sucking down the whole code and doing whatever you want to with it. Um, we, on the LightZone Projects website, we ask people to register in order to be able to download. This is a little bit anti-BSD license, not a gray area. We're not charging for it. We're, we're asking for registration for several reasons. Um, the original one was to kind of slow down the, the, the flood of people who were coming to get the software, which was crashing servers right, left, and sideways for a while. Once you get mentioned on Reddit, it's all over. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a blessing and a curse at the same time. Um, but now what we're really trying to do is build a community uh, within the Light Zone project, uh, because there is no support staff, we are the support, and it's very important for us to all work together in a community. Now, on the BSD side of things, and in the open source community side of things, um, that can be done through GitHub, and you know, coders who are interested, you know, can you know go through that route, and there's a way to get the software without registering. But you have to be reasonably tech-savvy to be able to do that. And speaking of community, obviously for tutorials and mutual support, um, you know, a lot of projects out there, open source projects, have strong communities. But I believe LightZone, given its commercial roots, also has very comprehensive documentation and, and help built right within the product. Well, it, it does and it doesn't. Here's an interesting thing about LightZone. One of the things that infuriated Fabio about um, Photoshop was the abstain um, legacy uh, stuff that came out of its use as a graphic arts program. Um, and um, it was terminology that you know only a, a graphic artist could could you know love, and it a lot of it's out of, outdated, quite frankly. 
what he tried to do is make a very intuitive product, and it really was intuitive. The problem was that his attitude and the attitude of the developers was that it was so intuitive, intuitive it didn't really need a manual. Wrong. <laughs> Everything needs a manual. Um, and that's one glaring thing we don't have. We have the help stuff, but it's not really a manual, and it's one of the things I've been wanting to do for years is create one. Uh, as an ebook, um, we have made some of our own um, tutorials. Um, I've done some on the individual tools. We've had friends, um, uh, notably this one Frenchman, uh, who's done some wonderful uh, uh, overall videos that are you know down and dirty, very quick. Um, mine are a little more detailed in 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 doing individual tools and then Doug has done one tutorial that's very interesting we're one of the only projects out there that I know of that gives you DIY instructions for creating your own raw profiles so if your camera's not supported by us and imaging resource um, which is a wonderful website I recommend everyone go go check it out a uh, nice alternative to digital photography review. Um, they do camera tests, and they, we base our um, raw profiles on DC raw and imaging resource material. Um, if we haven't profiled your camera, but imaging resource has a profile has done a test on it, and DC raw supports it, we have instructions that Doug Pardee set up. Um, that uh, a video that tells you how you can create your own uh, DIY uh, raw profile, and if you don't happen to like the one that we have for your camera, you can do your own. Hmm. So I guess that that partially answers the question of which cameras are supported a lot, and if it doesn't support yours, you might be able to work with others to get support in there. Yes, the only drawback is that we still rely on DC RAW and if if the camera is not supported by DC RAW then everybody's SOL and uh, also you the imaging resource test shot because the way if you look at the video uh, I won't describe the whole thing but if you look at our, our DIY video you'll understand why you need that test shot um, you need to use the the shot that has the gray tag Macbeth card and you need to work with a zone finder. Um, uh, certain values on that uh, card have to be aligned just correctly. So um, you do need those two things. But if, if, if the camera has those two things, if DC raw supports it, imaging resource has a test, you're good to go. But DC rod does have pretty broad support for you know, most modern cameras. Yes, but you know, that's another operation that's kind of um, sort of a labor of love. And there have been times when uh, I think it's run more or less by one. And um, it's gone a long time without an update. So uh, that can be problematic. Now, were you aware of all, at all of the discussions that happened around the licensing and, and why they went with the BSD license? No, um, I we had heard from a, a member uh, of the Light Crafts forums um, that he had contacted Fabio just after Light Crafts went under, and that 
it was Fabio had said that he was sort of considering going open source with it. But then we think he was trying to sell it. And so that's sort of shut down. He went with Apple. Uh, uh, he went with their iOS imaging division. Uh, I don't know if he's still with them. There was another Lightcraft product called Aurora that was very interesting and, and it was very advanced in its simplicity. <laughs> and some of its aspects were incorporated into the iPhone's imaging uh, software that is current. Um, nothing from LightZone went in there, but uh, because LightZone, you really need, you know, a kind of a desktop or laptop computer. You, you can't really do it with a mobile phone uh, or even a small tablet. So um, I don't know what those discussions were. We just knew that he had thought that maybe it was a possibility. And that's why when Anton Kass, bless his heart, contacted us, you know, the, that was the first thing we said to him was, this is what you could do for us. You can just convince Fabio to let it go. And Fabio, bless his heart, did let it go under the idea that, listen, as long as you guys aren't aren't trying to sell it, I'll, I'll do it. And if people are interested in checking out the product and, I guess, getting to know the community, where should they go to do that? Um, www.lightzoneproject.org. It's a very clunky website. Um, I'm sorry about that. It's Drupal. I'm I'm sort of the webmaster. I'm not really a webmaster. I'm really more of a web miner. <laughs> um, and uh, it's kind of clunky. I hope to fix it um, this year. I've had a bunch of side projects that weren't light zone oriented in the last several years that have kept me very busy. I'm hoping to be able to redirect my energy so I can at least get the website a little less clunky. But you can get the software. There's nothing wrong with the software. Um, so, you know, don't don't let the website looks put you off. It's um, uh, unfortunate, but oh well. And then please do join the forums and uh, participate. Like I said, we're really trying to build a community of mutual support. Well, that's great. Well, thank you for taking some time out of your evening to let us know about Light Zone. And you know, I'm, I'm sure among um, professional photographers, people have been doing a lot of looking around at different products. But you know, I'm not a professional photographer, and um, you know, so these products just start popping up on my radar. And so, uh, hopefully, we can introduce it to more people like myself. Well, Will, thank you very much uh, for contacting us, and I've been happy to talk to you guys. Uh, please do give LightZone a shot. It's a wonderful program. A lot of us love it. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Will. If you'd like to leave comments on the website or reach the show archives, you can find them at bsdtalk.blogspot.com. You can also find the archives at archive.org. And if you'd like to send me an email, you can reach me at bitgeist at yahoo.com. That's B-I-T. G-E-I-S-T at yahoo.com. Thank you for listening. This has been BSD Talk number 262.